You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young. Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders Podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. We are here with the president of the Dunstan Group, Scott Dunstan, and we are here with the Boy Scouts of America, the Mecklenburg County Council. Uh, we have Mark Turner, who's a Scott executive. We have Jennifer Clutter and we have Eric Davis, three people that play very important roles uh, with the council are all on the board. And I'm so excited to, to tell the story of the amazing things that they do in our council for not only boys, but now girls. And as an Eagle Scout myself, I've had the opportunity to work with this council for the last four years, and it's been amazing. Um, They've really created a great group of leadership, a great group of adults that can really mentor kids and support them and help them. Uh, But ultimately, you know, this is an organization that turns 105 years old uh, this year and have supported hundreds of thousands of young men and boys. Um, It's something that I'm so proud of, and, and I love telling people that I'm an Eagle Scout. It's one of the first things you will see on my LinkedIn page. And I'm excited to talk a little bit more about this specific council, what's changing. There's a lot of things in the news right now. There's probably a lot of questions that you have, but this is a, an amazing platform for them to tell the story and the amazing thing that's the things that they're doing, but also, you know, clear some things out. So thank you, Mark. Thank you, Jennifer. Thank you, Eric, for joining us on the Brand Butters Podcast. We're so excited to learn what's going on. And we now have a new decade of scouting right here in Charlotte. So let's let's get this rolling. Uh, welcome to the Brand Builders Podcast. Hey, thank you, Brian. We are excited to be here. Um, uh, and I've got Jennifer Clutter here, who's a leader and a board member with me, and uh, Eric Davis, who's a also a scoutmaster and a board member with me. And we're just excited to uh, to be with you and to share kind of how we serve our our uh, community. Thank you. Thank you for all for being here. I know it takes a lot for three individuals to leave their office on a morning, so uh, we appreciate it. So 105 years is a long time for any organization outside of a school or some sort of church or something like that. Tell us how you all got involved and what you're getting out of it, so to speak. Well, my father is an Eagle Scout. I have a Life Scout grandfather. And so scouting has been something that has always been part of my family. And when my father moved to Charlotte to get involved in the community, he chose scouting to start giving back to scouting in his retirement. And through that, of course, my son was like, well, I can't become a man without getting my Eagle Scout. I mean, he just <laughs> knows that's that's part of the contract. And my son started in Cub Scouts. And before I knew it, I was filling out an adult volunteer form, and then I was buying a khaki shirt (laughs) and earning patches. Um, And soon after that, it was announced in the newspaper one morning that girls were going to be allowed in scouting and welcome to the, the Cub Scout organization and then what is traditionally known as the Boy Scout arm of that. They've been in venturing for many, many years, but... Um, and I turned to my daughter at the kitchen island that morning. I said, Kennedy, do you want to join Cub Scouts? And she goes, you mean I can earn my eagle too? And that's, that's it. That's all she wrote. So very good. I love that. So I want to, um, to jump in. So you mentioned something that's funny. I'm a, I'm a third generation Eagle, uh, which has been awesome. And, and I think it was just something where my, there's a lot of parents out there that might be like, you, you got to get Eagle before you get your driver's license. We had a couple of those in our troop, 
But but my dad was never really like that. Um, he allowed me and my twin brother, who is also an Eagle Scout, um, to do what we wanted, sort of. So we had a well, really well-rounded life. We were in church. We were in sports. We were in scouting. But me and my brother were talking this morning about what scouting meant to us and, and what it did for us. And honestly, I don't think there's a day that goes by that I don't think about scouting. I don't think about what it's done for my life. And and you can take this and um, just the scout law, trustfully loyal, helpful, friendly, courteous, kind, obedient, cheerful, thrifty, brave, clean, and reverent. If you live that every day, then you're going to have a great day. You're going to do great things for your community. And the other neat thing is, is although we got our Eagle Scout, a lot of my friends, if they didn't, A, that's the first thing they talk about is why they didn't get Eagle, but they still experience the journey, right? It's not all about the end point. It's about how you get there. And I talk about just being out in the woods and scouting and, and going. I got to go to Maine High Adventure Base, things, trips and experiences that I never, ever, ever would have experienced if I wasn't in scouting. And I think now going into a new decade and a generation where a lot of people are tied to technology, they're tied to being at home, they're sitting in front of a computer. This is the best group, the best organization to get your kids active and to teach them how to be a man, how to be a woman, and honestly challenge them to do things that they'll never get to do in any other organization. And that's what it means to me. Um, and I would love to hear from from you guys, you know, Mark and, and Eric, how did you get in scouting and and really what has it done for, for you? You know, Brian, that's really well said. And uh, that scout law is a pretty universal thing. It's a simple code. Anyone can follow it. And I think one of the things that... Um, uh, scouting has discovered as they've gone on. It's a pretty flexible organization as far as uh, who can participate and what you can do and how you can form the experiences to fit the group that you're with. Um, and so you tell a very common story, but it's your own personal story, and you've shared it with thousands and thousands of uh, people across that hundred and I think it's 110 years, isn't it? 110 oh. years that we've that we've Ooh, been out here doing I, this. I shanked him five Sorry years. About that. My bad. Sorry, everyone. One ten. There's always, <laughs> a, look, there's always a camping trip you can't recall, and that's where the five years that's go. That's right. right? <laughs> uh, so, you know, I got involved because, uh, you know, my father had been involved with it, um, and so he dragged me down. I didn't know anything about it in 1976 to a Cub Scout meeting, and uh, so I did it all through high school, and then when my kids became of age, I got back into it, and uh like you said, there's a common experience that we all have, that we all share, whether no matter how far you went, if you were in the Cub Scouts or in the Boy Scouts at the time. Um, uh, and it becomes this shared experience over time. And the other part I think you mentioned that was is really important is that I had a high school football coach tell me uh, last year, he said, I, you can pay me a million dollars to be 14 right now. It's too difficult. There's too many things uh, punching on you that make it hard. You can't do anything. You can't make mistakes in private anymore. You can't uh, do anything that people aren't judging. And then you come to a scout group and we're going to take you places and put you in positions to have adventures that you are 14 and you are leading and you don't have time for the phone and all the rest of it. You're trying to figure out how do I help this group of other boys have a good time and do it safely and, and achieve something. Uh, and just going outside and being in the woods is an amazing thing that nobody does anymore. Um, and those have become these, these even more important now than they were back when scouting was formed. And it was, hey, I'd have to go out in the woods because I live in the woods and I need to know how to do all this stuff, right? And now these are special skills that I'm always telling our guys, uh, what are your classmates doing right now? Because I know it's 6 a.m. and you're sitting on the top of a mountain watching the sunrise. What are they doing? It's probably not this interesting, right? Uh, so that's one of the great things I think that 
travels across time that we get to do it in addition to uh, teaching all that leadership that goes with it. And I know Mark often talks about the, uh, the bait and switch that we do, um, which I think is a, lot, a really good story for, for parents to hear. Yeah, so I, I want to, like my story of getting in scouting is, is kind of interesting. I was a Cub Scout as a kid. I got into a, I crossed over into a Boy Scout troop and um, my Boy Scout troop folded uh, about six months in. So I, I, I didn't get into the Boy Scout troop and didn't experience that. But in the 10th grade, I was sitting in Miss Kaler's English class and uh, my best friend Ricky Lang was sitting behind me and he was talking about canoeing the Nantahala River that weekend. And of course, I spun around my chair. I was like, what? What are you doing? Who are you doing that with? What's going on? And he told me he was in an Explorer post with the Boy Scout Explorer post. And that next week I joined, I became president of Explorer post. I was in that post for uh, my, the rest of high school, 10th, 11th, 12th grade. And then all through college, I volunteered back into it uh, as, as one of the leaders. And, you know, the, the adventure and the greatest trip that we did uh, as a kid was we went to the, uh, we uh, got, got certified scuba diving, went to the Dry Tortugas, uh, which is 70 miles uh, west of Key West. Um, and we had, as a, as a group, we had the best time learning and experiencing and being involved in the adventure of, of it, right? The it of life. And, and I remember one, that trip in the Dry Tortugas, we were out and uh, we were all supposed to catch our food uh, that evening, right? Whatever we were, we didn't bring anything to eat. So we were all supposed to catch our food and, uh, there was a call on the radio. We were we had had our fishing gear, we had our diving gear, and uh, there was a call on the radio. There was a, a shrimp trawler that was stuck, had nets all cut up, caught up in the uh, in the propellers, and so our dive master said, "Hey, we're going to go help this guy. We want to help the guy." We we dove in, we cut the nets off his propellers, and uh, at the end of it, it's about three hours later. Of course, we didn't catch anything. It was getting to be evening. This guy loaded buckets, five-gallon buckets full of fresh shrimp and lobster tails onto our boat. And we ate like kings that night. That. <laughs> and as the sun set uh, in Key West, it was, that's one of those experiences that I got in scouting. And I think that when families and kids join, boys and girls, when they join, they're, they're a part of something that's so much bigger than that, that what they could be in their own family. And that's what motivates me. And the bait and switch is all about, we go into classrooms today and we say, hey, you want to you wanna, um, go hiking and camping and canoeing? You want to uh, shoot the rifle and the shotgun? You want to climb the, the towers and do zip lines? And notoriously, every hand in the classroom will go up. Male, female, black, white, Hispanic, rich, poor, it doesn't matter, right? Every hand goes up. That's our bait that we put in the water to bring kids and families into the organization. And then the switch, what we deliver is things like character and morals and values and citizenship and moral leadership and servant leadership in our community, just like we did our scouting for food uh, this, you know, two weeks ago with loaves and fishes. Um, you know, we, we collected as an organization 278,000 pounds of food for loaves and fishes that are gonna feed a lot of hungry people in our community. And from what uh, uh, Tina Postel over at Loaves and Fishes tells me, half of those people are kids in our community. So what scouting does to connect scouts to the community as good citizens, listen, that's good stuff. I'm in, count me in. Mark, you know what the third part of that is, though, that I've kind of discovered on my own in the last uh, 10 years doing this is that um, we often talk about 
scouts and kids and, and all that, that piece of it in the community. But parents, um, as a guide for how to help your kids grow up and, and a guide for how you can parent your kids, scouting, I've seen parents show up who want to be good parents and don't always know what to do. And when they're working with their child through a rank or an advancement or going on one of these adventures with them, even if it's just one time, you see that bond and you see the commonality and you see those things start to grow. And you see that, you know, some of the things we do that force parents to talk to their kids about things that they might not know how to talk to them about uh, or not, might not realize that their kids knew anything about um, has been a big deal. And I bet, so like you went on the fishing trip when you were a kid, but you did do something similar to that with your son, right? Absolutely. You, and and yeah. the same thing where I went on adventures and then I come back and my kids are going in there whining and doing what kids do and everything. And I'm over there crying because, oh my gosh, this is so amazing what we're doing. And I'm like, you wait 30 years, kid. You'll be doing the same thing. Yeah, absolutely. Going, oh, wow. Look at the reward. And when you bring in parents who aren't familiar with it and give them that opportunity that they didn't even know existed, that's the other piece that we do that we don't always talk about, I think, yeah. but it's been really, really important giving them that opportunity. Well, it's like a, it's like a great coat of arms for a family, right? If you, can, if you bring in and embrace the scout oath and the scout law and duty to God and duty to country, and you bring that as part of your family, we're not just serving kids and youth, we're serving families. And, and that's, a, that's, a real, that's a real great thing uh, that we bring to the organization. You talk about like, um, you know, things that I've done with my son. He was an Eagle Scout in Troop 39 down in Matthews. And, and like the, the greatest trip we ever took was uh, uh, to the Northern Tier Canoe Base in the Boundary Waters. And where we canoed for a week, we canoed, you know, 65 miles over the week. And, and we caught fish and, and smallmouth bass and, and gar and uh, northern pike. And my goodness, that's, that's like good stuff. It's fun. And we still talk about, you know, he's 25 years old and we still talk about we're going to go back. And we're going to find that one place where we, the waterfall was coming in and there were those beaver dams the size of houses. Uh, and we're going to, we want to go back and do that, right? And those are the building of memories. Um, and it's, uh, I, tell, I tell parents all the time when I see them, um, hey, your, your son's six, seven years old or your daughter's six or seven years old. Get involved with them and say yes to volunteer and be a part of what's going on because you're going to blink your eyes. And they're going to be 18 years old walking out the door doing their thing. And things change real fast. Uh, and they're gone. Is six or seven when they can actually get involved with the Scouts? Yeah. So, so six years old, uh, kindergarten is our Lion Cub program. And uh, that's kind of the entry entryway into Cub Scouts. Yeah. I love it. You guys, this is fantastic. I'm actually 35 years old. I have uh, my second son on the way. And I'm experiencing that right now. Just not only seeing my two-year-old grow up. But it's amazing how to go home and feel so excited to be involved in his life. But I cannot wait to get involved with him in scouting and get to experience the trips that we got to do. I, I tell my dad all the time, my favorite trips as a kid involve scouting, right? My main high adventure base where we got to hike Mount Katahdin and got to actually see three people finish the Appalachian Trail and the tears on their face when we got to walk across Knife's Edge, which is the most terrifying thing ever with a backpack that weighs 55 pounds. But ultimately, it's an experience I never forgot. And we got to do, I think, nine days of backcountry canoeing. And we caught our fish to eat at night. And when we did, which was a lot easier to catch up in Maine, I think they would just bite a hook. But it was amazing. You, you're, you're doing physical activity all day and then you get fresh food. It was just a, an amazing experience and it's things I'll never forget. Now, before we jump into some amazing things, I do want to uh, give you guys an opportunity to clear up some 
some smoke in the air. You know, there's a lot of people that I think don't understand what's been going on um, with the national organization of the Boy Scouts involving bankruptcy. And I think it's something that uh, Mecklenburg, you guys have done a great job sending out information, but I don't know if a lot of people have read it. And I don't know if a lot of people understand exactly what's happening, but as a former, or I would say as an Eagle Scout, um, I have never been uh, more of a believer in not only the leadership group in Mecklenburg, but what's been established. And I will tell you when my son is six years old, 100% we will be getting involved. Uh, and that's because I believe in you and the leaders and all the scout and all the volunteers that have done that. So I'd love for you guys to give us a little bit of a, of kind of an inside look into the bankruptcy, what that looks like, how does that affect our Mecklenburg County? And ultimately, what are we going to do from that point? Yeah, so uh, this this week, earlier this week, our national organization did declare uh, Chapter 11 bankruptcy. And it stems from um, a lot of cases. And I, I guess I'll say that there's there's two reasons. One is so the, the national organization can support and compensate victims that have been victims of abuse uh, in the past. And, and in fact, there was a, um, uh, a full-page ad in the USA Today yesterday that is an open letter to victims across our country to say, if you were abused or uh, were taken advantage of in the Boy Scout organization anywhere in this country, come forward so we as an organization can compensate you, get you the help you might need, uh, get counseling uh, that, is, that is offered uh, at your choice, your counselor, counselor's choice, and, and let us help let, make this right. Um, you know, there, there's, there's definitely been, been things in the past that have happened. Uh, the majority of these cases are back in the, are 30 years old or older. You know, the majority of these cases are in the 1960s, 70s, and then early 80s. And so um, we've, we've kind of instituted a, a lot of what we call youth protection processes uh, in our, across our organization, across the nation, um, back in the kind of mid 80s and, and things like uh, too deep leadership. Like you can never go anywhere with a kid one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, no one-on-one -on -one contact. You can't meet with a, a young person in a room with a closed door. It's got to be where people can see in. Um, criminal background checks on every volunteer leader that we have. We run a criminal background check and, and we make decisions whether or not uh, that they can, they, they're going to be a part of our organization. Um, you know, we take bullying uh, with on youth on youth kind of issues. We take bullying very seriously, and and we want to we want to stop that because that's not what our organization is about. Do we have some baggage we've got to deal with? Absolutely. Uh, and do we want to deal with it as a national organization? Absolutely. And we're going to deal with that in a in a really good way, uh, in a very positive way, I think. Um, and I think you'll see over the next few months that the national organization is is uh, pushing forward to a, to a, um, uh, a resolution. And, and the second thing, so the first, of course, is to compensate victims. The second is to make sure that we as an organization can continue to serve in the future. We want to have another 110 years, right? And we feel like, as I shared with you before, when you go out and ask if the kids want to do the things that we do, the answer is a resounding yes. When you ask um, parents, do you want to instill values of, of duty to God and duty to country and morals and values and citizenship and, and servant leadership in your sons and daughters? The answer is a resounding yes. 
So that's that's what we're after, um, and and I think we're gonna we're gonna come out of this, and we just got to reach down, we got to get the grit, uh, and and kind of make things happen, and and just be transparent as an organization, which I think we are, uh, and I I can tell you as a local council, you know we're a separate five hundred one c three, you know here in North Carolina, so we're separate from the national organization. As a local council, we did not declare bankruptcy, and our national organization did. Uh, we're run separately by a separate board. We have our own finances, uh, our own balance sheet. We own our own properties, Camp Grimes, Belk Scout Camp, uh, and then our property here uh, where our volunteer service center is. And we're going to continue to run uh, run our programs. And so, the, you know, is there going to be summer camp this summer at Camp Grimes? You doggone right there is. We've got uh, 1,400 kids signed up right now, and it's going to be happening. We've got Weebo's Adventure Camp at Belk Scout Camp. And uh, the signups are, are coming in like crazy. We've got our, um, our council banquet coming up uh, here in a couple of weeks, and we'll have 250 at the council banquet. We've got our corporate leadership dinner, which the corporate community in Charlotte has supported our organization in a wonderful way uh, and continues to support us. And we'll have over 1,000 in the convention center coming up here in March. So is scouting alive and well in Charlotte? You better believe it is. Uh, and, and we've got a great board a great community to serve, and, and uh, we have a product that, that parents and kids want. So I feel good about where we're going and, and, you know, what's happening. I love the answer. I mean, I think, you know, it's something that now in 2020, there's, it's a polarizing world that we live in, and people need to look in the mirror uh, before looking elsewhere. And I think it's something that the organization is doing and saying, look, there might be some things in the past, but we're going to do everything we can to move in the right direction. And I think you have to applaud that. And I would challenge any parents that have any issues or, or concerns with having their kids in scouting, call Mark Turner, you know, call Eric Davis, call Jennifer Clutter. I guarantee you 100% they will have a conversation with you and will invite you and share stories and, and, and ex- expose you to what this council is all about. And, and as a person that is excited to be involved and have been on a few boards, I'm excited for the next decade. I'm super excited to have my kid in scouts. It's like, it's like a dream come true. So, you know, one of the things that the things that have led to this bankruptcy are things that are in the past that are real and the scouts are standing up to, to take care of that. But one of the other things that's in the past is the solution internally that the scouts came up with to, uh, change how we deal with this. And that's that youth protection stuff that started in uh, late 1987. So I don't know, Mark, are you comfortable saying in the last few years, how many, we, we've really, we haven't erased all of those issues. We've taken them down to almost zero across the country. Almost, I'm talking about, you can count them on a hand, mm-hmm. how many uh, issues come up. And that's because to be a scout leader like Jennifer and I are, to, to, she mentioned earlier, having to buy that delightful khaki shirt that always fits well. <laughs> it looks so good once you get in all your badges, though. Yeah. And when um, you get that eagle, it looks Before you can good. put that on, before you can go to a meeting, before you can deal with any of the youth, you have to not only do up to two background checks, um, but also take that youth protection training, which is a, a real module with real psychologists on there explaining to you how to identify abuse across the spectrum, what to do about it, how to contact the authorities. We've changed for over 30 years how you do that. And every time I have to redo that every two years. So I've done it a number of times. And every time I do it, I, uh, it ends and I'm depressed. And I'm like, I, do I want to take on this responsibility? Because that's an awful lot to take on um, because it's real and it's important. And what you find now are 
the adults, regardless, if I go to a, an event with multiple troops or packs at it, you'll find all those adults know the same things about too deep leadership and, and no one-on-one no -on -one contact and how we deal with who's in the restroom and who's not in the restroom, down to I can't send a text to my youth leaders unless I copy other adults on it. And there are systems in place with the email systems that we use within scouting. I can't send an email to a scout without their parent having a copy of that email. It's that level of stuff where um, we've gone to those links and they're important and you have to do them today to protect all these kids. So we have to make those folks um, who were abused whole from, from the past. But we also have to uh, take credit for the good things that we're doing to make sure that's not happening today. And I think we've done a really good job of that piece. I love that. I mean, I think it's it's something that if you can have the leaders, you know, patrol themselves, right? I mean, we're adults, right? We have to all hold ourselves accountable to be able to create an environment where these kids can grow up. Because I can tell you right now, when I left scouting as an Eagle Scout at 18 years old, I was more prepared for the world than most people are probably at the age of 30, you know, and it's not something that I learned in high school. It's not something that I learned even through sports. Yeah, that made me competitive, but scouting gave me the foundation to be a good person, to do good things in the community, to understand and, and really appreciate not only life, but that, you know, you have to be a good person if you want to have a good community. It starts at home. It starts with you. And scouting is the organization that I think can help that. Um, Jennifer, I want to jump in here because I remember the day that it was announced that they were going to uh, to bring girls into Boy Scouts. And I was kind of shocked. I was like, this is interesting. But it was it was an interesting point because I was uh, I was an assistant scoutmaster at the National Jamboree uh, when I was a junior in college, and I remember we got the, the international um, uh, jamboree was it's every it, it, it differentiates, but we had a couple of, of international troops that came, one from Sweden. Well, guess what, folks? The rest of the world <laughs> they've had boys and girls together forever, and I will tell you one thing: when I hung out with the Swedish troop, I was wondering why in the world we didn't have girls. In our troops, so it made full sense when you're a young person. But I still have actually a Swedish um, scout uniform that my mother sent me a picture of about a week ago, which was really cool. But I want to know from your take. You, you you now have a daughter that's joined. You, I love that you're so proud of not only you know your father for being an eagle. That's like the coolest thing ever, and now you get to share that with your daughter. I'm worried that the girls are going to take over. You know what I mean? Before we know it, we're going to have girls just taking over. But tell me, what has your experience been and what does it look like for the path for, for girls getting involved in, uh, in scouting? Well, the path is awesome. I'm involved in my daughter's pack over at Pack 3 at Myers Park United Methodist Church, as well as with my son's troop, uh, which is one, also has one of the first girls troops, uh, Troop 3 at Myers Park United Methodist Church. We keep our boy and girl troops separate. Uh, they they do start their meeting off together with scout oath, scout law, and some messages and you know things they needed to need to know, and then they break up and they they go into they do, take their camp out separately. Um, so we keep things like that separate. I'm actually running a merit badge uh, clinic for our troop for the Family Life Merit Badge. It's a very exciting merit badge, and but there's a lot of good things that they need to know and a lot of discussions that need to happen. So I kept the merit badge course separate. I do the boys the first 45 minutes, and I do the girls the last 45 minutes. For the boys, I have a bag of candy to entice them to answer questions <laughs> and participate in the conversation. Um, but uh, it is amazing how differently they approach it, and yet they get the same end result. So while their paths may be different, 
they're gonna they're still getting the same leadership experiences for a youth to learn to lead their peers and to do it in with with adults there to to make sure you know no one falls off falls off the cliff or you know drowns in the creek is but watches the youth truly lead and make mistakes is an amazing thing i had, had a mother in my son's troop ask me jokingly she said so what do you know why John didn't get to eat breakfast on the camp out? And I said, oh, no, I didn't know that. My son's his patrol leader. And she said, well, I guess Carson told him he couldn't eat breakfast because he hadn't cleaned his tent up yet. <laughs> you know, I, I love it. They're, they're, it. They're just, I mean, my son was thinking, well, I'm not going to stand here and yell at this guy, but I got to have some incentive. So, that, you know, that that's how they learn. And, and they're learning together and they're learning without the screens in front of them. And, uh, I mean, my son's still talking about a camp out where he nearly froze to death up on Mount Rogers. Our troop does it every year in November. You'd think they'd move it to October, but I think they strategically <laughs> do it in November because it inevitably snows and there's always one boy that does not pack enough clothes. So there's a lot of life lessons that they learn and those ones where they did freeze or where they were wet and it rained the whole time. Those are the campouts they talk about, not the ones where it was sunshiny and perfect. Is the curriculum the same? I heard you say they you separate and go one direction, the other the boys go another direction. Is the curriculum the same overall? The curriculum is exactly the same. We just keep them separate because, you know, I, I want to, I want the kids to have their, you know, own conversation maybe by gender. And I don't, I don't ever want any young man old man, like my father, sorry, dad, um, I don't, or, or any other gentleman that has received his Eagle Scout or has gone through the scouting program to whatever extent he got to, to think that the program would be diluted by adding young women. The program is going to be the same. The girls may approach it differently, but I mean, that's why there's men and there's women, right? Absolutely. And um, I wouldn't ever want anyone to think that Boy Scouts of America made this choice to take anything away from anyone that has earned their eagle or has been a part of scouting. Instead, what Boy Scouts of America was doing was giving families the opportunity to be better families. I mean, my daughter has been going to Cub Scout meetings since forever, and she wanted to earn those patches. I mean, she practically earned all of them. She's doing them again now as a Cub Scout officially, but she did them all with my son. She was going on campouts. There's tons of daughters and sisters and cousins that were doing those things. So really, Boy Scouts of America was just helping families. Sure. Well, with the girls, I've yet to say, ladies, stop wrestling and keep your hands to yourselves. <laughs> I usually have to say, ladies, please stop talking. <laughs> yeah, I love that story. Uh, we had Colonel Sparks, Dusty Sparks, uh, come out and teach knife safety to the boys and the girls in Pack 3. And uh, and separately, right? The girls were in one room, boys in it. And you go into the boys' room, you, you talk to them, and it's like, all right, you don't hand out the knives. You start talking first. The girls, they're sitting all in a circle. They have their knives in front of them, and they're not. And he says, don't touch your knife until I tell you to. And they listen. The, the boys, you put that knife out in front of them, that knife's <laughs> open. Somebody's already cut, cut their finger. Uh, I mean, it's, it's mayhem. But that's the great thing about being a boy, and it's a great thing about being a girl. So, and I think know. that's part of the reason why uh, we've arranged it so that um, Scouts BSA troops are separate. That's boy troop, that's of, right. troop of boys, troop of girls, because you open this by saying, wow, it seems like the girls might take over. And I think that's a real concern just in the development of how 
boys and girls that age develop, you might find that these girls are dominating this troop and the boys aren't then wouldn't be getting what they're supposed to be getting out of it. Um, so by keeping that separate for now, at least here in, in the way the American culture works, that seems to be something that's that's working. Yeah, absolutely. Has there been enough time since the girls have been able to join Boy Scouts for one of them to earn their eagle? So not, not yet, uh, but we'll probably have that end of 2021. Uh, we'll, have, we'll have our first girl eagle. In fact, we're celebrating our um, Eagle Scout class next week. Uh, we had 258 Eagle Scouts this wow. past year. That's awesome. Wow. Uh, so it's it's good stuff, guys. And so give it 2021. We'll have our first girls uh, coming across the stage. Uh, and we'll, it'll be a proud moment to to present them their Eagle Award. And it'll be girls. It won't be just one. It, it, oh, plural. Yes, it'll be girls. Uh, and, and it won't be that, hey, this particular young woman is the absolute first. They're going to do that as a class so that you can all do it in the same year. But no, we don't have ultra competitive people out there somewhere yeah. going, I'm the <laughs> worst one ever. No, that won't be. And for all those girls out there, I mean, I, we've got Troop 3, that's girls, Troop 7, Troop 58, Troop 70, Troop 111, Troop 167, Troop 233, Troop 248, shout out, Troop 249, 321, Troop 447, and Troop 777. So we got some girl troops out there that are, that are doing some great things and are very excited about, uh, about scouting. In the outdoors. On the eagle topic, do you do you have statistics that show employers look for that on a resume and hire for that very reason? I don't know, Scott. Why don't you ask that it. question? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely liked it. So, Scott, when Brian's resume came across your desk, did it go to the top of the pile? Oh, yeah. Well, see, I, I kind of worked through relationships. I'd met this guy in CrossFit, knew he was a great guy, but then I learned the Eagle Scout, and I was like, hey, yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, that's an accomplishment. It shows you can stick with a goal and accomplish yeah, all so, these so tasks. So it's a brand, right? Uh, yeah, as an Eagle Scout, you've got that brand that you carry – uh, for a lifetime. And I hear this all the time um, all across Charlotte and the business community when people are uh, in elevators and they see that I'm a scout and I'm wearing my scout uniform or if I've got a scout pin on. I hear it all the time say, I was a life scout. It's my biggest regret in life. Mine too. Uh, I, I, missed, I missed being an Eagle Scout by three merit badges or I got sidetracked doing something else or we moved and I didn't get connected with another troop. My biggest regret. So all you Life Scouts out there, go get it. Make it happen. You know, pull it up and, and do it. You know, the group I find that, um, and this is when they're kids, not even when they're older, that, that regrets it the most are the athletes. And what a lot of people, because we have, everybody wants to specialize in something. So we have a lot of kids that want to just do athletics all the way year round, which is fantastic. But there's room to do and finish Scouts as well. And so you see some of those who don't, who decide to, to, to give up on it. Then you see the ones who actually finish Eagle and they're really good at sports, and then they apply to college, and then you start seeing a, a difference. Um, and that's been a big, a, a big thing I've noticed because you always find old guys. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't finish. But finding the young guys who who couldn't figure out how to balance that when it's completely possible is uh, is distressing. Yeah, I remember just a couple of years ago, um, uh, high school in South Charlotte, the whole front line yeah. they were Eagle Scouts. I love that. And two guys in the backfield Very cool. were Eagle Scouts. That's awesome. So it can be done, right? It's just a matter of, of prioritizing and understanding how to juggle juggle some things. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll tell you right now, you might not know this, but I, I played, uh, I was lucky enough to play Division One sport in college at Georgia Southern. I played soccer. Uh, so I know exactly the struggles of, you know, figuring out how you can do both. And the one thing I will say, and I think a lot of athletes and coaches now will say this, 
Uh, I think Patrick Mahomes actually had a, a quote. They said, why are you so good at, at being a quarterback? He said, because I played so many different sports, right? He was not specialized in one. And I think I, I thank my parents all the time because I was well-rounded. And although I was an athlete and I was good at that, I learned more in scouting. And honestly, it's so funny to look at some of the Eagle Scouts out of True 431 in Roswell and what they're doing now. And it's just amazing. I mean, some of the smartest people that you'll get to to, to grow up with are in scouting. Um, and and did they know they could do those things before they were in scouting? Right. They probably had no idea what their potential was because they're just, you know, a kid. And you, you challenge yourself, you start to discover, wow, there's so much more possible that I could do that I didn't even realize was was there it, it yeah in a world i mean like like there was a, a movie that just came out about a, a kid in australia that was bullied and it, and it breaks my heart you know what scouting can do is not only give you the confidence but make you a leader before you even knew you had the ability or the talent or the will to be a leader and when you talked about your son being a patrol leader and and that right there it might not sound like a lot but think where that goes from there, right? Like that person's going to learn. And then maybe they go home and they're a, you know, a better son. Maybe they, they go home and they're a better student when they're in school because now they understand what leadership is and then they want to be that leader. And it gives you the opportunity to learn a lot of different things that you never will. So I know we're, we're, we're kind of running here where we want to, want to close it up. Uh, I do want to hear um, what's the best way to sign your kids up and, and how should – uh, our listeners, whether you know they have kids or not, how can they get involved? Well, I think one of the best ways to get signed up is if you have a friend in scouting, go to a meeting with them. When your children join scouts with their friends, they stay in scouting. Um, they'll make new friends in addition. But um, if your son or daughter has a friend in scouting or you know someone involved, ask them. It's the best way to get connected with scouting in an area near you, but if not, got our well, council office. Anyone right now listening to this could go to beascout.org, B-E-A-S-C-O-U-C-T dot O-R-G, uh, and you type in your zip code and you will immediately see all the Cub Scout packs and scout troops that are close to where you live or where you work or where your school or wherever you want to be. Uh, and that's the place you can start. And you can immediately contact any unit from that page or you can see the address in the meeting time and go visit the meeting and see all the delightful mayhem that's going on there and see which one that uh, that your son or daughter fits into. But BeAScout.org is is a, an easy place to go. Um, that's that's how you should start. And, you, of course, we do normal recruiting in the spring and, and the schools again in, in, in the fall and you, you people see a flyer and they can come in. But you can – the thing about scouts is that it, this is not a linear – program. Oh, I have to start here and go through the season kind of come. We're here all the time. Come get what you need. Go do what you need to do. Come back. Join in June, join in May, join in August. Anytime you can hook into one of these groups and either with your friends or discover a new set of friends to to go and do. One of the things I love about our unit is that there's about nine different schools involved in there. They're from all kinds of socioeconomic uh, groups. And some of these kids would never be in the circle with each other and aren't except for when they come to these meetings and they go on these camping trips. And then there, they're bonded for life. And, th and so it's a delightful place. But BeAScout.org is the place to start. Yeah, our council is the Mecklenburg County Council. So we serve all of Mecklenburg County uh, at MCCScouting.org is our website. Um, so a couple of things, you know, if you think you want to do this and you're a parent out there and you're like, oh, I'm on the fence, uh, you call me directly and come see me or I'll come see you and I'll tell you about scouting and introduce you to some people that can uh, share with you what, what we do. 
Um, and you can, you can reach me at mark.turner at scouting.org. That comes directly to me, and, uh, and we'll get connected. And scouting is a great place to be. Scouting is a safe place to be. It, it starts an adventure and a journey that, that I don't think is anywhere else. Um, and it's, it is a journey. Um, and like I say, you know, your, that son may be 7 or 10, that daughter may be 9 or 11. Get involved. Uh, because the time goes by fast, and uh, I don't know. I look around the room here, and I see some gray hair. And, and, uh, <laughs> Come on, man! The, uh, the, it, it goes by fast, and, it does. and we're all getting older, right? So let's get involved and, and be a part. Be a part of it. I love it. Thank you guys so much. If you are listening uh, to our, our podcast, please like, share, comment, uh, get involved. Uh, I would be remiss if I didn't mention my uh, my scoutmaster, Larry Chase from uh, Roswell, Georgia, Troop 431, was an amazing leader. Um, I would like to also thank my dad, Mitchell Young, who is also an Eagle Scout. Uh, both of them played a big role in my life and um, and honestly, I hope I can be the leader and and the uh, and maybe Scout Master in the future that they were. Yeah. So, thank you guys so much for joining us as an Eagle Scout. I really do appreciate you, you know, going through and answering some tough questions, um, but ultimately reaching out a hand for the community here in Charlotte and opening an opportunity to support boys and girls. And and honestly, this is an organization that can make you know, the next decade, a better community and the next decade after that. And, uh, and I'm so excited for it. So thank you guys, Mark, Jennifer, Eric, thank you so much for joining us on the brand builders podcast. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to the brand builders podcast brought to you by the Dunstan group with your host, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young for branded merchandise and apparel that makes first impressions and ones that last check out the Dunstan group at dunstangroup.com.